If you're like me, you care about getting the most from your workouts, which means wearing the finest performance gear. You know, fabric that dries quickly and has superior moisture wicking properties. Fabric so soft and comfortable, you could, well, curl up and sleep in it. Introducing Sheeks, spelled S-H-E-E-X, the world's first performance bedding line. Sheeks began when two former elite athletes and coaches had an aha moment, combining everything we love about quality performance fabric with everything we love about comfortable, irresistible bedding. Unlike traditional sheets that trap heat, sheets are breathable, so you aren't constantly waking up to throw off covers or out a blanket. So you sleep deeper, longer, and better. And sheets bedding looks as good as it feels. Colors and styles that can match any decor at a price that will pleasantly surprise you. And right now, you can try sheets for 30 nights risk-free. Just go to sleepcoolnow.com. Use promo code 1212 and get $40 off any sheet set. That's sleepcoolnow.com promo code 1212. Sleepcoolnow.com 1212. This is our number three of the World According to Zig podcast for this April 30th, 2018. My name is John Ziegler. I'm the host of this show where you can get the truth about all sorts of topics in this world turned upside down, including the only source of truth about the never-ending saga of the so-called Penn State Joe Paterno-Jerry Sandusky scandal. Our website is framingpaterno.com. Our last podcast featured an interview with a guy by the name of Chad Buzkirk, who told a remarkable story of a $7 million Penn State accuser of Jerry Sandusky named Glenn Neff, offering him the bribe of a truck to help him scam Penn State out of those $7 million for a story that was completely bullshit, uh, for a story that did not include real, actual child molestation, that uh, Chad was positive that uh, Glenn Neff had lied. He knew Glenn very well. He knew he met with Jerry Sandusky, uh, with Glenn at Jerry Sandusky's house. I urge you to check that out either at freespeechbroadcasting.com or framingpaterno.com. It's really amazing stuff that in any other story would be bombshell information. But, of course, no one has an incentive, no one in the media, no one at Penn State, no one even at the insurance company, Uh, that paid all these $118 million for these fraudulent settlements has an incentive to look into this in a serious way. And so I'm basically just creating a record. I'm just creating a record for whatever it's worth of the massive injustice and the complete insanity that has occurred over the last six years of this story. And it never ends. You know, we were very close to doing the the Newsweek cover story, which you can find at framingpaterno.com. And The Blaze is still investigating whether or not they want to publish it. I've been told it got past the first editorial hurdle, but I haven't heard anything since, so I don't know what the status of that is. Uh, there's a guy who said he wanted to make a documentary with me. I pretty much have put the kibosh on that after seeing uh, his vision for it. And uh, so I, and I didn't think it was a great idea to begin with because this is a classic situation of you got to go big or go home, and if you can't do it big, it's not worth it. And it was clear to me this guy could not make it work uh, in, in, a, in a fashion that would be required, although he thought he could. So that, those are the updates there. But the, the thing that I have always said about the Newsweek piece and why it's a tragedy that that never happened and got killed at the very last second because of fear 
is that I know this case is a house of cards. The Chad Buzzkirk story proves that it's a house of cards. Chad came forward simply because I posted the Newsweek piece at FramingPaterno.com. You know, I don't know how many people saw it. A few thousand, probably. No media coverage other than a radio station in State College, Pennsylvania. So I'm not reaching very many people at all. And yet Chad came out and never heard about me. Didn't know that Glenn Neff had gotten $7 million. And he came, you know, out of the so-called woodwork. Well, when we posted the Chad Buzzkirk interview, guess what happened? More people came out of the woodwork with not just fanciful stories or tangential stories or far removed stories. I'm talking about as direct as you can get and not just about Glenn Neff. And that Glenn is part of what I've called the Lockhaven Quintet, the five guys from Lockhaven who got $35 million in this case, which is the heart of everything. Aaron Fisher, victim number one, the only victim for two years in this case. And if he's lying, everybody else has to be lying because you don't have an investigation for two years with one accuser who's lying and then turn out that you find all these guys that are telling the truth. He was the first from Lockhaven. There were four more that came after him. Glenn Neff was one of them. There was also Skylar Coover, Josh Culver, and Frankie Probst. My instincts have always told me everything in this case is about Lockhaven. And these Lockhaven guys are total frauds. We've had an interview with the baby mama of Josh Culver, which you can find at FramingPaterno.com and FreeSpeechBroadcasting.com, where his baby mama, Tennille, told a very compelling story of how Josh Culver told her that he had made up a story for $5 million, that he had stayed up for three straight nights so he could cry and be convincing. <laughs> Little did he know he didn't need to be convincing. But he got $5 million. He's from Lockhaven, and he's a fraud. Well, when we posted the Chad Buzzkirk interview, guess what we got? We got Glenn Neff's baby mama, and ex-wife, not just ex-wife, girlfriend since he was like 12 years old. So a woman who has known him since he was 10, known him intimately for his whole life, including during the time period when he was allegedly abused by Jerry Sandusky. And she contacted me, said, any questions you got, I'm happy to talk. I spoke to her. Now, I have learned during this process that there's an, a very fascinating and incredibly frustrating phenomenon that occurs. Everybody's gung-ho when they first talk to you. And something strange, there's an interesting psychological quirk that occurs when people speak to you, in this case, it seems as if they think that they're doing something good by just speaking to me. Even though... I usually don't record them, and I don't without their permission, because that would be illegal, in the first conversation. It's the first conversation just to making sure that they're for real, they have legitimate information. It's kind of a vetting process. But what I've learned is, partially because I guess when people sleep on it, then they start to get nervous, but whatever positive there is about telling their story gets evaporated immediately because they think, even though they haven't done anything yet, they think that they've done something good by just speaking to me. Well, I have learned this and I have started to request 
to people that I record their vetting interviews just so that I have something on tape. I did not do that with this woman named Jenna. Jenna Stoltzfus is her, I guess, her maiden name, uh, who was married to Glenn Neff, known him his whole, basically his whole life. And she's positive he's lying. She knows he's lying. She told me Chad Buzzkirk's bribe story. She believed totally uh, that he's a scam artist. He scammed the military out of disability. He's he's a lying sack of crap. He's he's a drug addict, uh, and you know not just the normal uh, ex-wife vitriol either. Substantive stories of here's how I know that Glenn is full of crap, and I did not record her. One, because I I didn't ask her right off the bat. And two, I got a really good feeling from her. She was so strong. She was so willing to lay it all out there, pouring her heart out, very credible, very specific. She even talked about, which I think is an incredibly important aspect of this, how when the story first broke, Glenn Neff was very defensive of Jerry was very angry at Aaron Fisher that whenever they saw Aaron Fisher riding around Lockhaven, he would literally scream at Aaron Fisher because he knew Aaron Fisher was a liar and that he he was the guy that was putting Jerry Sandusky behind bars and destroying Penn State football and all that. Well, now Glenn Neff and Aaron Fisher are best buddies. Gee, I wonder why, because Glenn Neff ended up making $7 million following Aaron Fisher's lead. And by the way, I should have mentioned this in the Chad Buskirk interview. I did not. It slipped my mind. Surprise, surprise. Glenn Neff has the same attorney as Aaron Fisher. And so does Skylar Coover, another $7 million guy from Lockhaven. Same law firm. Same two attorneys. Slade McLaughlin and Michael Bonney from Philadelphia. Not a coincidence. But I did not record her interview because I thought, or her vetting interview, because I thought she's solid. I, I can trust her. She's going to speak to me again. She had no hesitation whatsoever about agreeing to do an interview on the podcast. And the only thing that gave me a little bit of concern was she said that her father was not in favor of her speaking out because he was worried about what Glenn might do, which is a common theme in all this. And this is what's so maddening. These guys are such scum that the people around them are afraid to talk, not necessarily because they're rich people and therefore, you know, they're hoping to get paid, which might be part of the problem in some of these cases, but because they're such bad people, they don't trust that they're not going to do violence to them. That's how crazy this is. That's how upside down this whole case is. That these guys are so awful that people close to them are afraid to speak for fear of what they might do to them. They weren't sexually abused. They're scam artists. And Jenna Stoltzfus's story was incredibly convincing and compelling. And I called her um, because I got a little nervous. She didn't respond to a couple Facebook messages to confirm that we were going to speak today in the podcast. And I called her up. I said, hey, can we do another a vetting interview, I didn't call it a vetting interview, a pre-interview, just so I remember what to ask you because I've been contacted by a couple other people and I've got a lot of other information now I'm trying to keep track of and keep straight. I just want to be able to make sure that I have it all ready for when we do the interview. She says, fine. I said, when when you want to do it? She 
she said, uh, I, I said, can I call you Sunday night? And she said, yes. In fact, at this point, I did record this portion of the conversation after asking her permission, just because I wanted to prove at the very least <laughs> that I had made contact with her. And so this was my conversation, a very short piece of our conversation uh, with the former wife of Glenn Neff, uh, of me uh, planning to speak with her uh, last night, Sunday evening, to prepare for this podcast. And she references having made contact with Glenn, apparently about doing this interview. And here's what that sounded like. Yeah. Okay, why don't I try you Sunday after your dinner time? Would that work? Okay. Yeah. And um, they let him out of his PTSD clinic rehab place um, over the weekend. And I, like, kind of asked him, I said, well, how do you feel about somebody coming out and telling you, telling the truth? And he said, I never told you anything. So he's definitely trying to stick with it. Okay. So you've had a conversation with him about this? All right. Well, we'll we'll talk. I, I don't want to take your time now because you got to go to a ball game. But let, let's we'll plan on two things. I will call you Sunday after dinner, and then we'll do the interview Monday at like six six thirty range. Okay. Okay. I'll talk. I'll talk to you on Sunday, Janet. Thanks so much. Okay. Sounds good. Bye bye. Okay. All right. So I don't know what that okay was that you heard there. Uh, anyway, so that was the uh, phone call. Uh, in planning to discuss this with uh, Jenna on uh, Sunday night, I think the screaming baby was my own uh, Diana there in the background. It's amazing how that always happens. The baby is always screaming during any uh, significant phone call. Either that or my other daughter, Grace, is barging in to the office to make sure that uh, that's the moment she wants to be spoken to. Uh, but that's uh, neither here nor there. Anyway, I, I, I started to get a little bit suspicious, but I felt, okay, this will be fine. I'll, I'll talk to her Sunday night. Well, I called her Sunday night twice. No answer. Well, now I know there's problems uh, because I've been through this rodeo way too many times. And, you know, if you're not calling back and you're not messaging me immediately saying, hey, uh, sorry, I missed you, whatever, then this isn't going to happen. Because if there's even the slightest sign of a crack, people are going to cave, especially in this case, because of the toxicity and the pressure of it. So I left her a message today saying, look, uh, clearly you're blowing me off uh, and I'm really disappointed. I'm shocked. And, uh, um, you know, and I, and I had somebody who knows her actually say, well, it wouldn't surprise me if Glenn Neff paid her off. And I even said that in the message. I said, I certainly have, hope he hasn't paid you off. Um, but if he has, I certainly deserve some credit for that. I mean, it, that's the, one of the elements of this Lockhaven thing. Some of this money is definitely coming to people because of me. Because they, they all know because of my work, this is a scam. And that's why they ended up jumping on this. And so if she ends up getting money from Glenn Neff, and I have no information that she has. In fact, she then later messaged me via Facebook. No one ever wants to call you. That's how cowardly people are. No, Whenever they bail on you, they never want to call. It'll either be Facebook message or text or nothing, which is just amazing. It's just, I, I, I've gotten this PhD in white trash over the last six years. And I still can't crack the code because that's just not in my DNA. If I, first of all, it's not my DNA to tell you something I'm going to do and not do it. And then if I can't do it, I'm going to call you and tell you face to face, right? Not 
some bullshit. I'm not going to, I'm just going to pretend it didn't happen. Or I'm going to then text you, or I'm going to tell you, I'm going to call you back and not call you back, whatever. That's just not who I am. I just, I, I can't wrap my brain around it. But she claimed in the Facebook message that when she told me that she was now afraid for her kids, which of course, you know, how are you supposed to argue with that? You know, are you going to play the kid card on me? And they're Glenn's kids. What was Glenn going to do to his kids, his own kids? Because she told the truth about him. Seriously. But that to me is always like the, the last bastion, you know, you got nothing else. You're going to, you're going to play the kid card, but she claimed no, Glenn has not paid me, uh, which I was actually kind of disappointed for her. If she's going to bail on the interview, she should at least get paid, at least get something good out of it, Jenna. Um, but, um, you know, so that was, that was a disappointment. And cause Jenna's story is, incredibly compelling and obviously she's as close to Glenn as possible and because it also related to the Aaron Fisher part of this which is maybe the most significant because Aaron Fisher's the whole damn case being uh, victim number one but on top of this this is the insanity that is my life on top of this Jenna was not the only person that contacted me after we posted the Chad Buzzkirk interview I was contacted by a guy by the name of Mike Zidick and Mike is also related to one of the Lock Haven Five. He is the, I guess, technically former stepbrother of Skylar Coover, who got like six or seven million dollars from Penn State. Now, the interesting thing about Skylar Coover's story is that, and, he, and by the way, Mike is also very close, very close, maybe even closer than he is to Skylar Coover with Josh Culver, the five million dollar guy who we already have his baby mama on tape saying, nah, he told me the whole thing was bullshit. So here we got, we're knocking out Glenn Neff, Skylar Coover, and Josh Culver, all of the, the Lock Haven Five. And what's interesting about the Skylar Coover story is, f- bear with me here, folks. I've always been struck. I've been struck by a lot of things. But if I was even a little bit wrong about Jerry Sandusky being innocent, right? with 36 paid accusers, $118 million in Penn State. And the number of people that contact me on a semi-regular basis, because I'm very public and I get Facebook messages, not as often as I used to, but very regularly from people claiming to have information on this case. Some of them have really good information, others don't. I got, by the way, one of the worst that ever chickened out on me was Matt Sandusky's biological sister. He was ready to, she was ready to roast him. Matt Sadusky's biological sister sent me baby photos of the family, the whole bit, ready to go. And she bailed at the last second. Numerous people have bailed on me at the last second. I've gotten very, very used to it. And it's it's incredibly frustrating and disappointing. But you would think that if I was even a little bit wrong, I would be getting contacted by somebody from the other side, a parent, guardian, brother, sister, friend, accuser, whatever. Somebody close to one of the accusers going, hey, dude, you got this totally wrong. Let me tell you, this has been the worst thing that my friend, my brother, my son, whatever, has ever had to deal with. I have not gotten anything like that. Nothing! Except one person came close. One person named Shannon Bruno. Who is Shannon Bruno? Shannon Bruno is the mother of Skylar Coover. Of course, the names never match up because the family trees in this white trash story are incredibly complex. But so 
Bruno contacts me at some uh, a couple years ago and says, John, I think you got this wrong. I think Jerry is guilty. I'm the mother of one of the victims. I'm like, great. I didn't say great, but I said, I mean, because I'm, I'd be thrilled. I'd be thrilled if someone could finally prove to me that, that Jerry Sadesky is guilty. And so I can get this monkey off my back, this albatross. I, I want out of this. But I'm also, it's great because I want to hear the story. Tell me the story. And as it turned out, uh, she, you know, she told me a story. We spoke for like two hours of how she loved Jerry Sandusky, loved him, thought he was the greatest thing ever. But then Skylar Coover, while he was in the army, it's amazing how many of these guys are military. While he was in the army, he told his, his uh, pastor or priest or whatever that he had been abused by Jerry Sandusky. And, um, and then she then remembered that she, she had seen Jerry and Skylar in a car, uh, and they, they had an animated conversation and Skylar got very angry and I, and I think banged the dashboard or something like that. And that in her mind, putting all this together now in retrospect, she thought, well, maybe Skylar really was abused. And that she used as partial evidence of this, the fact that Skylar had cut her out of his life around this time period, around the time period of him going into the military and becoming a victim. And I listened to all this and I said, okay, that's interesting. That's pretty vague, uh, quote unquote evidence. But let me throw another theory at you, Shannon. Let me throw the theory at you that your son is scamming the system and he knows you like Jerry and he knows you're a potential hurdle to that scam. And so that's why he cut you out of his life. What do you think of that? And to her credit, she actually considered that. And she's like, huh, that might be right. And by the end of the two-hour conversation, I was convinced that I had convinced this woman that her her son had not actually been abused by Jerry Sandusky. Well, guess what happens next? Skylar and her get reunited. Skylar starts buying her all sorts of shit and taking her on trips. Guess who no longer is a hurdle to Skylar's bullshit story? Shannon Bruno. Well, let's go back to Mike Zidick. Mike Zidick, the junior, the younger guy, he is Skylar's stepbrother. He's the son of the guy who was married to Shannon Bruno. During all of this, during all of this. And as I said, he's also very good friends with Josh Culver. And he called me up or we, we spoke and he's like, this is total bull crap. All of it. There's no way that Skyler was abused by Jerry Sandusky. He loved Jerry Sandusky. Uh, he was way too old to have been abused by Jerry Sandusky. He never knew Jerry Sandusky until he was like a junior in high school. He's a scam artist. He's a liar. He's a drug addict. And this didn't happen. And oh, by the way, the other guy I know, Josh Culver, I don't think he ever even knew Jerry Sandusky. And why is that interesting? Because I sent Jerry Sandusky and Dottie Sandusky a list of the 36 people who got money from... Penn State. And I said, can you please tell me the ones you know and the ones you don't know? Now, some people say, oh, why do they have any credibility? 
They have tons of credibility because they've acknowledged knowing a lot of these guys, about half of them. If they were lying, why would they acknowledge half of them? Well, guess what? Josh Culver was not on the list of people they knew. He was on the list of people they had no idea who the hell he was. So this is, and this guy is like his best friend. He speaks to him every day. He was not an athlete. He never indicated any knowledge of Jerry Sandusky. Didn't know who the, no proof of contact, nothing. Well, here's another interesting thing. Josh Culver and Skylar Coover are very good friends. And when you look at the timeline, here's what happened. Josh Culver jumps on this scam very quickly and files a claim. He then gets paid $5 million. Well, guess what happens two months after he gets his money? Skylar Coover decides to file a claim. So just do the math on this, folks. Josh Culver, total bullcrap claim, doesn't even know Jerry Sandusky, gets $5 million. Skylar goes, holy cow. I'm, I actually have proof I have contact with Jerry Sandusky. I was fairly close to Jerry Sandusky, even though I was a junior in high school. And he decides immediately, using Aaron Fisher's attorney again, to file a claim for which he gets paid 6 or $7 million. I can't remember which. And so Mike Zidick is a guy who was going to do an interview with me. I could tell he was a little bit shaky. In fact... As soon as he messaged me saying, you know, I'm wondering what the point of this is, what good can come of this? I told him, all right, you know what? I know you're going to crack. Let's not even worry about it. Thank you for contacting me. I don't have time to deal with this bullshit. Uh, I'm done. You know, thank you. But, you know, please don't bother me anymore because I've learned. I'm a slow learner, but when I learn, I learn. And when there's any sign of crackage, forget about it. The egg is going to crack and it's going to be ugly. So I waited for a while on that, and he messaged me back a couple more times, which indicated to me, okay, maybe there's something there. And I, I really did want to speak to him. And so I, I spoke to him again. Um, actually, he called me. He called me. This time, after I, I did not, same thing with Jenna, I did not record the original vetting conversation because he seemed decent at the time and I figured, you know, whatever. If he's not going to do the podcast, he's not going to do the podcast. But this time, since I had given up on him and he was coming back, I decided, okay, I am going to ask for recording permission. And so I did record this portion of a, and this is a small portion of a larger conversation, uh, where I convinced Mike Zidick to agree to do this podcast. You'll just have to trust me on the part where he eventually agrees to do it. But here's about uh, three minutes of us just discussing the general issue and him referencing Skylar Coover and his the buddy. I don't know if he uses Josh's name, but the other person he's referencing here is Josh Culver, to whom he's very close. And here's what that sounded like on the phone uh, just yesterday. First of all, Mike, I appreciate your, your thoughts. I get it. Um, but why the hell didn't you... You, talk, you, you hung up on me yesterday. Then you tell me you're not bullshitting. You'll get back to me, and you don't do that. So what am I? So what am I supposed to think? I, I, I told you that I understood your uh, disappointment and frustration. I understood. I would think the same thing that you think if I was in your shoes, and I get it. So can you help me understand why why that's happened? I think the 
was mainly like what I had said to you, like just the, you know, us as human beings are, you know, scared of what's not known. You know what I mean? I don't know exactly what you're trying to get at me, but yesterday, that's why I took the time to message you as soon as I hung up. When you called me, there was three kids, my girlfriend and one of my buddies all sitting there staring at me in the room. I had no, I just froze. I had no idea what to say. Okay, but I don't understand what the big deal is. You, all you're doing is telling me what you know about two guys who stole millions of dollars. That's all you're doing. Right. So what's the big deal? I don't get it. I, I, I guess you're right in a way. I mean, I, I guess that you are right there. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. I guess like the, I don't know. I have no idea. I, I mean, did, you know, Chad, you, you, you listened to the Chad uh, Buzzkirk interview, right? Yeah. And Chad's had nothing but positive responses from that. So right. so what what are you concerned about? I mean, I'm not, like, really, I, I guess I am concerned. I guess I can't say I'm not concerned. I don't know. I mean, I just kind of, like, I was just, you know, it kind of just scares me. You know what I mean? I don't want to, like, have drama drawn to my life, you know? That's what I, that's all. Okay, but and, and like I said, it was hard. You know, it's kind of like hard for me. You know, like I said, like my dad was married to this guy's this guy's mom. Like, you know, I mean, this is somebody that I've known for a long time. The other guy, Culver, like that's somebody that I've known for a very long time. Like, I talk to daily, and you know, that's like when I reached out to you. Like, I was trying to get a better understanding of everything because, like I told you, these guys are around me in my life, and I know these. And like I inter- these aren't people that I just live in a town with. These are people that I interact with. Mm-hmm. So, but they're they're also they're also people that that lied about an innocent man for millions of dollars. And I and I that's why I reach to you is because of that. Like I I, I think that as well. And I like I get it. Like me and my buddy were just golfing today. That's why I didn't get back to you earlier. I think you messaged me, but I was golfing. And me and my so me and my buddy, that's our whole four hours of eighteen holes we're talking about with this situation. And what was it? What was your buddy's take on it? Well, he his intake is that Scott was a dirtbag, drug addict, piece of shit. You know, if you really wanted to know what we were talking about, and he was explaining to me about. Uh, I don't know, Skylar blocked him now because he called it his molester money. He told him off the other day and because they got into it because I don't know if you know, but Skylar owns the disposal company up there in the Renova area. And uh, I guess uh, Skylar has been uh, not coming to pick up his garbage and stuff because of telling him about his molester money. (laughs) Wait wait a minute. Skylar won't pick up his garbage because... Your buddy gave him grief about his molester money? Yes, 100%. And and why doesn't your buddy believe that Skyler was actually abused by Jerry? Uh, I think it's due to the fact, you know, the same uh, questions and speculations that I have. Uh, you know, like we're a real, it's a real small community. So, you know, we, we're all pretty, you know, not Culver, but Culver wasn't so much in that circle as we got older, but Skyler was. And we kind of just all know the the gist of everybody you know well, we know who you are like I know who you are Skylar like you know what I mean right kind of like that just same types of questions just know the family know who he is know his story his background where he comes from so at that point I'm thinking all right uh at that I, I still think I have Jenna uh, Stoltzfus uh ready to go for the podcast and 
I'm pretty sure I've got Mike Zidick, but I'm realizing he's still a little wavery, but he's a good guy and he wants to do it. He's just afraid of, you know, what the ramifications might be. All of a sudden, I then get a call from another Mike Zidick. This one is Mike Zidick's dad. This is the guy who was actually married to Shannon Bruno. So Shannon Bruno was his wife. Skylar Coover was his son. And he also knows Josh Culver very well. And this guy is amazing. Former military. He's as strong as could be. In fact, I had to calm him down. I had to calm him down. He's like, I don't give a shit about Penn State football. I'm an Ohio State football fan. Uh, uh, but I, I know, I knew as soon as this came down that Jerry was, Sandusky was getting railroaded. I know Skyler and Josh are lying. They've told me directly that they're lying. And he, and he can tell, he can verbatim, word for word, the conversations that he's had with both of them. Skyler even offered to pay him money. He said, I'll make sure, Mike, don't worry, I'll take care of you. And Mike's like, with what? Your fake Sandusky money? And, he, and, and Skyler says, yeah, of course. What else do you think? And, and Mike was having none of it. Josh Culver, same deal. They've admitted to him directly that they're not really Sandusky victims. Again, we're talking about a total of $12 million between these two guys. And it's all a fraud. Mike is so strong. Again, not only am I trying to get, get him to calm down, we end the conversation. He calls me back last night to add more information. I'm like, fantastic. I'll talk to you tomorrow during the podcast. So now I think I got Jenna, Mike Zidick Jr., Mike Zidick Sr., Mike Zidick Jr. has a job where he's completely out of the loop, out of cell phone range because he's working on oil fields or whatever. And he messages me today saying, look, I'm not blowing you off. Uh, they changed my schedule. I'm not going to be available till later. So just, just so you know, I'm not blowing you off. I'm like, okay, that sucks. But frankly, I'm actually more interested in speaking to his dad because his dad has a, has more specific stories and is a stronger interview and doesn't seem to give a shit. So we're ready to talk to his dad. And all of a sudden his dad, we, t- we call and his dad says, okay, yeah, we'll talk to you in an hour. Great. No problem. We call him when we're talking, when, when we're going to call him, no answer. I call back, no answer. I text, no answer. I'm like, this can't possibly be. This guy was the strongest dude I have spoken to in six years. Finally, he texts me. I don't want to do it. Why? Well, because I'm afraid for my son. These people are dangerous. They're ignorant. I'm like, your son wants you to do this. <laughs> we text back and forth. Finally, I said, call me or leave me alone. He calls me and uh, he's like, look, I, I don't have any problem doing it, but I don't want to do it because I think my, my, it'll put my son in a bad situation. These people in Lock Haven are crazy. You never know what's going to happen. These are people that are directly involved in his life. I'm like, sir, I'm just asking you to tell the truth for the record. And if you want to let the bad guys win, go ahead. That's fine. That's your prerogative. But you, you promised me you were going to do this. Now you're backing out for no reason. So then he says, well, let me talk to my son. I'm like, well, your son's not even in cell phone range right now. He says, I'll call you back in five minutes. That was uh, 20, 25 minutes ago as I speak to you right now. Still no callback. The, the level of cowardice from 
people who are, by all accounts, strong. This is a military guy. Does, claims he doesn't give a damn about anything but the truth. He's, a, he's outraged by this whole thing. These are, by all accounts, good people who want to do the right thing. Total cowardice. Melting like candles in a blast furnace over nothing. Not even actual real threats. Perceived theoretical threats from people that the media think are poor, innocent. That's what's so hilarious about this. These poor, innocent, feeble Jerry Sandusky victims. Oh my gosh. When in reality, these people are such horrible pieces of human trash that those around them not only know it, but they're afraid to even talk about it on a damn podcast for fear of retribution and maybe violence from these scumbags. So now, after 24 hours ago, thinking I had a shot at three explosive interviews, I get squat, zero, and not one of the three had the common decency to be straight up, call me and say, hey, I'm sorry, I can't do it, I'm afraid. Instead, they lie, 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 all, I guess, to feel better about themselves. And my favorite part of this whole procedure, because I've been through it many times, is the need then to turn me into the bad guy. See, that's, that, that is an incredibly important part of the component. They're incredibly important component into this whole deal. Because if they can turn me into the bad guy, then they can justify that they really weren't cowards. It's just that I was an asshole. <laughs> you know, this is put a bullet through your head type of stuff. But after going through it for six years, I'm, I'm now just more in the it's fucking hilarious uh, and it's just another sign of just how horrible white trash is. I mean, white trash is a different species. And, and uh, you, know, you know, Mike even, Mike Zittig Jr. even said, I'm not white trash. I'm not like these others. Well, clearly you are. Clearly you're related to them. Uh, you know, the, once, you, once you have white trash in your family tree at all, it's over. Uh, and there's no going back. And, um, and I, have, I have never seen anything like the cowardice from top to bottom, from everybody, even remotely related in this case, related to this case in every possible way. And it's why it will never, ever, 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 ever be fixed. Never. Ever. And and frankly, um, you know what? If you're one of those people that has information about this case, don't come to me. Don't, please, do not come to me anymore. I'm done wasting time and aggravation. I've proven the fucking case beyond all comprehension. My God, with just these people I've spoken to in the last couple of weeks of the Lock Haven Five, Glenn Neff has been totally blown up. Skylar Coover, totally blown up by his own family. Josh Culver, by numerous people close to him, including his baby mama. And that leaves Frankie Probst, who went on national television and said Jerry Sandusky never did anything to him. And then five years later, got like eight or $9 million in a story that was totally nonsensical and ages don't even make any damn sense. Cause he was a freaking star tight end on his high school football team. 
And these are all the people that are around from the same town and are connected to via lawyers and friendship with the number one accuser in the whole case. That's why it's so important. Aaron Fisher. Aaron Fisher is from this, he's not from the same tree. He's the trunk of this tree of fraudness. That's even a word. He is the trunk of this fraudulent tree, Aaron Fisher. And they and they ought to be sending Aaron Fisher thank you notes on a daily basis for getting their millions of dollars. But if this doesn't prove what a fraud the whole case is, there's not much else I can do. There's no, and, and frankly, I don't want to do anything more because this is just not worth it. It is just this is just not worth it. My view of humanity just cannot get any worse than it possibly is right now. Uh, so thanks so much, Jenna Stoltzfus and. Mike Zidick Jr. and Mike Zidick Sr. for being coward, not just cowards, but liars. If you're going to wuss out and be a coward, just be straight up about it. I'm a very understanding person. But when you lie to me, no. Then we're done. Then we're done. So, um, and that'll do it for this hour. So, man. <laughs> And if you're interested in more of the insanity of this case, make sure you check out our pod, our, our website the pod, and numerous podcasts. Podcasts are at freespeechbroadcasting.com. The website is free uh, framingpaterno.com. That's www.framingpaterno.com. And uh, as always, I ask only two things of you. Make sure you share this uh, via social media, Twitter, Facebook, word of mouth, what have you. And uh, do yourself a favor, number two, if you're one of those people who sleeps and when you sleep, you use sheets, Please pay attention to this important message. My name is John Ziegler. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. Coffee? Oh, thanks. How did you sleep? Like a baby. I don't want to get out of bed, ever. These sheets are mm, incredibly soft. What did you say they're called again? Performance bedding by Sheiks. (laughs) Performance bedding? (laughs) Yeah. They're made from super high-tech performance fabric. They're incredibly breathable, so you're not waking up at night throwing covers off and then an hour later throwing them back on. Huh. No wonder I slept so good. Since I started using Sheiks, I sleep like a baby. No more sweaty nights for me. No? Well. (laughs) Well, I like them because they're soft. They feel like, mm, silk. Performance fabric, huh? Maybe we should, oh, I don't know. Try them out again. (laughs) (laughs) Comfort and performance for better sleep. That's Sheiks. S-H-E-E-X. Sheiks. Try Sheiks for 30 nights risk-free. Go to sleepcoolnow.com. Use promo code 1212 and get $40 off any sheet set. That's sleepcoolnow.com, promo code 1212. Sleepcoolnow.com, 1212.